Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I am Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And we are talking about the penultimate episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled Truth. Truth. And we are not going to lie all episode long. (laughs) Just kidding. That was my first lie. Oh, man. We are liars. Straight Mm -hmm. up. Two truths and a lie. This is a big episode. I know, uh, in particular, I think I've been pretty down on the show, and I still certainly have my what? quibbles. Yeah, I've been. We've discussed this every week. Yes, Pete. No, but I didn't think <laughs> but, overall you thought the show was down. I, I thought think, you've been enjoying yourself. I'm I'm having an all right time watching it, but I think it's a little all over the place in terms of how things are happening. Let me finish what I'm saying. This episode was the best episode so far. That's <laughs> yes, that's I my agree. point. That's what I was getting towards. And let me say. It's like, I know this is a tired way of talking about it. It's like a movie. It's The series mm-hmm. is structured like a movie, and it's coming to the part where it's like, everyone's together. It's time to fight, <laughs> and we're there, and it's it's good. My quibbles are, I, I'm fine with that sort of progression of, a, of the narrative, and it just means some episodes are going to be like a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think is struggling here, the music montages. Oh, you watch your mouth. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Uh, Making of a boat music montage. Come on, that was fun. I like the montage. The music is weird. There's something uh, weird about the music. The The montages are great. Okay. Yeah. The music on this was hilarious. You didn't like Cotton Eye Joe? They used Cotton Eye Joe when they were building the boat the entire time. It it felt like a a late eighties. Where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you go from Cotton Eye Joe? Finish the song. And we have a rule in somebody's head. We have a rule on this podcast that when you start Cotton Eye Joe, you have to do it to completion. You have to finish it. That is the worst, most like earworm of a song that won't leave your head. I hate that song. Anyways, uh, emotional up. I got very choked up. I thought this was really touching. Uh, I love you get a little bit of everything here. You get some action. You get some motion. Uh, love the kind of like dual cliffhanger we got. That was that was great. And I should have mentioned this earlier, but spoiler warning, obviously, go watch the episode because we are, of course, other than this section right here at the top, diving right into it. Now, brief overview of the plot. We get the end of the big fight from the last episode. John Walker has just killed Nico, one of the flag smashers. Bucky and Sam go after him. They break his arm, take away the shield. They head to Louisiana. As you do. Yeah. Uh, but first, Sam makes a brief stop with Isaiah Bradley, talks to oh. him about the Super Soldier program, which is where the title of the episode comes from, from Truth, Red, White, and Black by Robert Morales and Kyle yes. Baker, which we talked about here on the podcast before. And we get a little bit of a touch of that from the comic book here in the show. But then they end up rebuilding the boat along with the entire community. 
Sam starts to realize maybe he does want the shield. Maybe he does want to be Captain America. After all, Bucky is wrestling with his own things, including Baron Zemo, who gets arrested by the Dora Milaje and taken to the raft. So we'll never see him again. Gone. He's done for. Gone Ghosted. forever. Until and they need some information about Hydra. <laughs> You, mm, you always tell characters a character's <laughs> leaving for good when they do a very lo- gigantic, um, slow shot revealing them in front of a Sokovian statue. Like, yes. oh, that guy's meaningless. Yeah, no, no import at all. John Walker gets dishonorably discharged, but gets a new job offer from none other than Julie, Julia Woo-hoo! Louis Dreyfus. JLD coming very in exciting. hot like we'll a definitely boss. Talk- We'll definitely talk about that in a minute. And uh, at the end of the episode, John Walker is rebuilding a shield. Definitely his scrap metal shield is going to hold up against everything else, I'm very sure. And the Flag Smashers have recruited Batrock, thanks to Sharon Carter, maybe. Yes. To take down the GRC, who is having a meeting in New York City, right near Bryant Park, it seems like, which is a very nice park that everybody Very nice area. I mean, if you're in the area, you should swing by, you know. Mm -hmm. It's great. There's a great great pret-a-manger right there. Oh, wow. Look at you. (laughs) And the sandwiches are ready to eat. Yes. That's my favorite restaurant, so thank you for bringing it up. Uh, So that's the broad overview. There's obviously a lot more to talk about, but the things that I liked about this episode, I... I was suckered in right at the beginning. I thought the action sequence, Sam and Bucky versus John Walker, I'm very surprised was happening in the second to last episode so yeah. soon, relatively speaking, because that seemed like the big thing they were building to. But it was very nicely reminiscent of the Iron Man Bucky cap fight from Civil War. It was Whoa. intense. It was very, not very funny to me is the wrong word, but it was funny to me that. One time, John Walker decapitated a guy with a shield, and now that is his go-to finishing move. He tries to do it like nine times. They barely get away. (laughs) But it's terrifying at the same time. Uh, What did you guys think about this opening scene? I thought it was a great fight, like really uh, knocking out um, Bucky's arm I thought was really cool and really visually well done. Also, the you guys don't want to do this, and Bucky going, yeah. We do. That was just oh, so yeah. great. And uh, yeah, I liked it. It was kind of like their finishing move was finally working together. Although I was surprised that Falcon led with his legs instead of the shield. But whatever, you know, he's getting used to it. So uh, it's understandable. And it was a really good superhero fight, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of like good action sequences, but this is just a great superhero like movie level fight. Um, and then we're really getting into the shield gets a lot of camera time this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, especially it's right really here. the shield is like another character. Yeah. 100%. I mean, Bucky says it's part of his family. He does. He does. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to get some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It, shield, finish your dinner. It's almost mm-hmm. bedtime. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I know a lot of people were very affected by the last image of the last episode with John sure, Walker sure. standing with the bloody shield, which I thought was a very nice image. I wasn't emotionally a very nice image. You always have a problem with well the word done. dice. It's a well done. Well done. Well done. Medium so, rare. It was a, a medium, medium rare. rare. It's a rare, well, <laughs> rare, well done issue. You're like, I really like this. This is really spoken. I did. And my favorite character is John Walker, and he's the oh. first time I've seen myself on TV. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't 
<laughs> no, of anyone I know, you are the most John Walker. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. I mean, look at this chiseled jawline. <laughs> I've seen you decapitate so many tweets. <laughs> but, what I, but what I was going to say is I was emotionally affected by the shield in this episode. I think they did a really good job. Sam seeing the blood on there and just kind yeah, of trying, trying to, to wipe it off. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Lovely. Good metaphor. Good visual metaphor. Like he can't, this, the shield is scarred now. Um, and he can't put and, it back. He can't wipe it off. He just has to move forward. And I think that's that sort of speaks to the larger episode, I think. The, the Captain America is marred by John Walker, by what they did to Isaiah Bradley. All of that is not the pristine thing that he thought he was getting, that he gave up and put behind a glass case. And now in this episode, we see him uh, take it back and get to the point where he opens a case and looks at some clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, <laughs> the fact that, like, uh, you know, the fake Captain America was yelling, like, I am Captain America. Like, and like the actor did such a good job where it was like, it felt like he was trying to convince himself as well. You know what I mean? Like, not only uh, to the other people, which was, I thought, uh, well done to see. He's, he's great. And I do honestly mean he's great. Wyatt Russell, the actor, he's doing yeah. such a good job on the show to the point where you realize it's wrong when you're feeling it, but you feel for John Walker when you're watching this episode. He's obviously the bad guy. He's obviously the villain. But I know, Pete, you feel differently because your world is very black and white. Yeah. I live in shades of gray, though. You can see it from the clothes that I'm wearing 50 shades right of gray. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, live in, I live in 50 shades of gray. <laughs> um, but let me say, I agree with you, Alex. And the scene where he um, appears in front of the, the Senate panel, I thought it was done really well. When he first gets there, you're like, this guy's a bad guy. Fuck this yeah. guy. Yeah. But then he really does make the case. And over the course of it, he passes judgment on the senators. And I think he successfully flips it where you're like, actually, they're dicks, too. Like, mm-hmm. ev- both sides are wrong here. And I think that, again, we've talked about that a lot, the gray areas. This episode does a great job of muddying everything to the yeah. point where we're feeling different things about characters in the beginning and end of this episode. Yeah, and I think, like, when you're making a point, if you can destroy a podium in the process, that really helps prove the point. So I'm glad that they used that kind of power move in this. Did you want him to break the podium? Because I kind of wanted him to break the podium with his super strength. Well, podium, actually, um, the original uh, Latin, it means um, smashbox. (laughs) Ah, well, then he's really getting to the root of it. Yeah. I did also really like, while we're talking about John Walker, the very clear, very stark contrast between what he is talking about and how he's talking about being Captain America versus Isaiah Bradley. Because, yeah. spoiler warning, we're all white here, but it's very clear that John Walker has severe white privilege is saying, I deserve this. I need this. And that's the thing that even if he's right to go up against the senators and say, you made me, you built me, there's still a level where he is 100% completely wrong at the same time. And he doesn't deserve that. He was doing his job. You know, it traumatized him. It hurt him. No, I'm saying up until then in the army, but he took it too far and nobody deserves it. That's kind of the whole point of Captain America and the Erskine speech about the super soldier spirit making you more of whoever you are versus what Isaiah Bradley is telling Sam that no black man should ever be Captain America. Yeah, which was Uh, not in this America, not an America that hasn't changed. Exactly. I mean. I want to talk about, like, as soon as I saw him walking down the street with the, the case for the shield, which is great to see that it's still, uh, you know, he's still got that great sweet case. case. Yeah, it's a great case. <laughs> uh, but 
uh, like the just the way that Isaiah was like, "Don't you open that up?" I, the stars and stripes mean nothing around here, and I was just like, "Oh, that is awesome!" the 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 back and forth was so great, so powerful, so moving. It it was really, really well acted, well shot, performed. It was so fantastic. I so, but it, 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 that scene was great. I agree with you, Pete. But it it's interesting. Later, Sarah's like. Why you don't need to listen to Isaiah Bradley, and Sam doesn't <laughs> like he. So like, how do you feel the fact that like what Isaiah was saying was like you can't be Captain America, and right. Sam eventually is like I can't. And I'm going to show you. Yeah, I, but but that makes and I I love the line that Sarah had sort of being like don't listen to him he doesn't know. I thought I was so surprised that they said that, but I was like oh it's of course it changes the point of view from like this is right, this is wrong, to like, no, everyone has a different perspective. And I think that's a much more mature way to look at all the problems in America, especially race that is being grappled with. Well, I think what we're going to get to in the next episode is where Sam got to in the comics, which is, no, he can't be Steve Rogers, Captain America. That is, like you were saying earlier, Justin, that's the shield in the glass case. And he can't be Isaiah Bradley, who is bitter and definitely literally scarred by his experience um, being very briefly Captain America, uh, he's going to figure out his own way of doing it. He is a good guy. He wants to do right. He wants to do the right thing. And doing the right thing, even though it's hard, is the essence of Captain America and is the essence of being a hero and being a superhero. And I I think that's what he starts to realize at the end of the episode, and we'll probably have it literally said out loud at some point in the last episode. But I also really like this thing of like, you know, like something that uh, is is still so relevant today. You know, you uh, you know, it, Sam tries to talk about like this is a different time. This is different now, and he's saying like, no, it's not. And there is so much truth in that. Uh, yeah. But what's nice is Sam is realizing like I can you know make my own path. I can kind of figure mm-hmm. things out as me, not as me trying to be somebody. And I think that's why he says like it still doesn't feel right. You know, we get that one more time. I know I'm repeating myself a little bit here, but again, I think that comes back to what Captain America is. You know, if you look at the iconic Captain America scenes from the MCU alone, him jumping on the grenade, even though that's going to kill him, him at the end of Avengers Endgame before the portals open up being like, all right, here's Thanos' army. Doesn't matter. I'm going to fight anyway. And I think that's the thing. That's the essence that Sam is ultimately pulling there. And he can do things all day. Well, that he can do things all day. (laughs) That Isaiah is right. Not much has changed. Things are worse in certain ways, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep fighting and trying all the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, Two things um, that I thought were sort of uh, totally gear, total gear change, funny and weird uh, in, in this beginning bit. Um, uh, Torres coming in, Joaquin coming in, being bringing like big stand-up comedy energy after yeah. this like crazy fight. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, hey! So let's talk about this. We talked about this uh, offline a little bit between the two podcasts, but we were talking a little bit about how there's been rumored reshoots on the show. I heard a little bit more about that between the last time we taped the podcast and this time. And apparently this is rumory because it's like very secondhand information, but apparently what happened was the original plot here was the flag smashers were going to release a virus that would kill off half the population of the earth to bring it back to blip levels. Wow. For obvious reasons, they changed that. And a lot of it seems now, if you go back, if you watch the show, you can see that there are things like 
Mamadadia, who they keep talking about as this very important figure who died of, I don't know, dot, question dot, mark. dot, question yeah. mark. She died of the virus in the original version. Uh, and that's why it was a big deal. It got released too quickly or something like that. And that's why also Sam and Bucky were going after them in the first place rather than, oh, you guys are kind of like viral and maybe robbing a bank or something. Instead, they were going to kill half the population of the Earth. That's why they're a big threat. That's why everybody's after them. That's also why they were stealing vaccines in those early episodes, is to protect people against the virus. So I bring this up with Joaquin, because apparently Joaquin was a late addition to the show, and it seems like a lot of his purpose is to come in there and kind of cover those reshoots and gaps. Might I say he sort of yada yadas some information? (laughs) Ooh. Ooh, these pretzel nuggets of information are making me thirsty. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, and I, I don't want to say that would have been a better show. I do think it makes the Flag Smashers a totally different kind of threat and sort yeah. of speaks more to a philosophy that is a hardcore, much more hardcore villainous as mm-hmm. opposed to being like, I wish people were able to move between borders instead of like, I want to kill millions. It, it also, on the other hand, though, I think explains a lot of the weird fluctuations in terms of what they're doing. Like this episode, we've seen about what, maybe five, 10 of them or something going around. And they seem like the small tight knit group, except for the first episode of the series. And this episode where they reveal like, nope, we have operatives everywhere. We send out an alert in Bryant Park and literally everybody stands up. They walk away from the Shake Shack did and you, they're on their way. Did you see how many goons like hang out in that park? Like that mm-hmm. was like, I was like, yeah. man, the parks are full of just like crazy hitman or like I've seen that happen that with ready. Pokemon Go, but never with the Flag Smashers app. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> um, the line, keep the wings, I thought was interesting. And Will, yeah. I feel like he's going to get the wings back and become his own version of Captain America next episode. Wait, Falcon? Yeah. Yeah. Who's no. Wings? Well, Joaquin becomes Falcon when Sam becomes Captain America in the comics. So I think that was a nod to that. Maybe. I don't know. You, you may be right. I just feel like... The suitcase didn't look like it had wings in there. It looked like it was just going to be... A, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think the wings are in there. I think maybe yeah. eventually, when he, once we were talking about him identifying as his own version of Captain America, that feels like it may be a winged Captain America. Because yeah. there was a wing. He Falcon had wings as well. Yeah, Falcon yeah, has did. wings, but also Joaquin Falcon has wings. Maybe they just both have wings. There you go. Um, Red Bull gives you wings. And oh, the only other on. thing is the end of the Walker scene where the senator, Walker's walking out, and the senator's like, oh, and um, turn in the shield, turn yeah. in your laptop, because you're fired, kid. <laughs> you're done working at this place. I thought it was just a funny, like, big middle management style. Yeah, that was weird. Like, hey, and, and what happened to the shield? Now, uh, let's talk about this. This is why we're talking about John Walker again a little bit. We should talk about JLD coming in. JLD! JLD! Her character name is, and I'm going to read this off because I forget it. It's very long. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Why do we? Why does everybody keep doing that? She did that like twice. I was like, I, who cares? Just that's, say Val. That's the character's name in the yeah. comics. She... Cool. Was a classic S.H.I.E.L.D. character, I believe, created by Jim Steranko. She was a romantic interest sometime of Nick Fury. She was on S.H.I.E.L.D., worked with him. In more recent comics, she, she was on Seinfeld. She was on Seinfeld, <laughs> and then she was on Veep. Yeah. And as a little bit of a side note, I don't know if you guys felt this way. I felt like they paced that out so people could meme that into the Veep meme, like the end of a Veep episode. Yeah. 
The I mean, it, the character to me had the the pacing of Veep, but the energy of the lawyer she played on Arrested Development, like uh-huh. season two, where it's just like yeah. never, always talking and just being like, I don't know what I'm saying, I'm just talking. They it was it was great, it just like her energy from the from the jump of her walking in. The they whole, let her like, improvise a lot of that dialogue, oh, right? I'm sure you guys. Yeah, felt that way. Not- She's so good, though. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great. Uh, the other things about her character that I think are important to mention in the comics more recently, she's been Madame Hydra, that character. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation about is she good or is she bad? There is a little bit more information about the character, though, which is that she was originally supposed to be introduced in Black Widow because Black Widow would have come out first before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but obviously those have switched order, so we don't know whether she's going to show up there. I've also heard a couple of things about her that apparently she is going to try, whether they keep this or not, going to try to recruit Yelena, the new Black Widow, in Black Widow. So that's probably how she would have shown up. And it potentially was going to lead into the Thunderbolts. So her getting John Walker, U.S. agent, getting Baron Zemo probably at the raft. And then Yelena, you've got half the team there already. Yeah. Have the team right there. I mean, I feel like we're going to get a uh, Spider-Man. Was it two uh, type reveal where it's like all the villains are in the prison cells and are like, mm-hmm. "Hey, we should just uh, <laughs> be mad at everybody together." <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the Amazing Spider-Man two? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Great movie. Yeah, great. Everyone's <laughs> favorite. That's why I knew the title so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you, this is a total side note, but something I think about all the time with Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is such a weird specific thing, but the second trailer for Amazing Spider-Man 2, there's a line of dialogue where, was it Chris Cooper who plays Norman Osborn in those? Yes. Says, we have plans for you, Parker. And then not only did they not continue that series, but also that line was cut out of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. Thought about that so much. No plans. Yeah, no plans. We have no plans for you, Parker. Yeah. Now, I I did want to ask you guys a question about (laughs) the Isaiah Bradley scene, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you guys remember, I assume you do, but when Truth came out, there was a huge flap uh, about it about having a black Captain America from comic book fans. I would argue probably racist comic book fans in particular. But I felt like the Isaiah Bradley scene here, just uh, I got so tensed up while I was watching it because the dialogue and the tone of it reminded me so much of the conversation there, him talking about people never accepting a black Captain America, that I immediately flashed back to those conversations when the book originally came out. Did you guys have the same reaction there at all? Uh, maybe not direct, as direct about the book, but like, yes, that was such a tense scene to watch. And um, I do remember the book, I was less into the controversy of it because I just was like, oh, this is a great book. And I love yeah. the questions that it's asking and the the sort of position it's put, it's putting uh, Isaiah's character at in the Captain America mythology. Yeah, it also reminded me of like when uh, Miles Morales happened and, and there was, again, an uprising of, you know, bullshit. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely well done and well addressed in this. Yeah, I thought it was great. A couple of other things to call out. I've seen a couple of people mentioning this online, but I thought this was a really nice parallel. Isaiah tells the story about getting arrested because he went on a rescue mission behind enemy lines. 
dressed as Cap. That's a little bit different than what happens in the comic book. Um, but that parallels versus Captain America, the first Avenger, where Steve Rogers does the exact same thing. He steals the costume, goes behind enemy lines, and he's made into a hero because of it. Yeah. Which I thought was a, a nice point. But yeah, it's great. Uh, also, what did you guys think about Bucky flirting with Sarah? You shipping that? That was, yes, that was really great. I really loved that where he was like, hey, I'm Bucky. And it was just like <laughs> this fun where she was like, hey. And then uh, later Sam like, no flirting with my sister. That was, I very much enjoyed that. I thought it was very nice. It was fun. We get a, a little bit of the brotherly play with all of that. And yeah, the brother-sister back and forth, I completely agree, was really, really nice. You're talking about the Bucky and Sam acting like yes. brothers, uh, right? Yeah, and just like getting after each other in a fun way, the scene later where they're like, we're co-workers, peers, eh, friends, friends, not really. We'll yeah. team up. We'll just yeah. team up again, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that was the sort of energy I wanted from the second episode of the show, you yeah. know, or even the first episode of the show. And uh, Pete, don't get angry at me, but it's a little frustrating that we're finally getting it five episodes in. It feels like that's delayed. Uh, they could have started there and then why, have them why break are you apart. Mad? We're there now, okay? Get, because I think the because I think there's different ways of looking at this TV show, and so, there are parts that I really like, but at the same time, I think structurally things are a little discombobulated. They're a little yeah. all over the place in terms of the arcs of the characters, and they're not measuring up. So I think we can look at it as a scene basis, as an episodic basis, but also as a season-long basis. Yeah, well, here you go. Do you want to see Zemo dancing or no? If the answer is yes, then you, you got to wait a little bit before you get the <laughs> uh, partner action. All okay? right, the answer like, is no. Uh, well, uh, you know what? We got, there was a lot of moving parts in this. It was done in a way that was uh, enjoyable enough where you shouldn't fucking complain about it. And it's, wow. uh, don't, it's, don't complain about things that I think could have been better on our podcast where we dissect episodes of this TV show. Is that what you're saying? I'm having too much fun to hear you being like, eh, it could have been better a little bit. Maybe First of all, that's an amazing impersonation of me. That's exactly what I saw. Like. <laughs> second, <of all, laughs> second of all, no further points. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the scene um, with Walker talking to Battlestar's parents? That was rough, dude. That was tough. Because it was like, you know, I'm glad he did it that really showed a lot of like, you know, this guy isn't just a douchebag. You know what I mean? Like it showed a lot of character on his part to do that. But then also like he was kind of standoffish and cold a little bit about it and also fucking lied right to him. And it was part of me that felt like the sister knew like this guy is full of shit, but was just being nice around her parents. So it was, I don't know why they included that scene. It felt like, is that what motivates Walker to feel like he is right? Because, uh, well, I I think so. Yes, that's how I took it. That not that I've ever lied about anything, but I do think there are. We, these you sort said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, we were liars and we yes. lie often. Well, but I think if you've lied, you know, sometimes there's these lies that like you start doubling down on until they kind of become the truth in a certain way for you, tying back to the title of the episode. And I think that's what John Walker is doing there, that he knows he did the wrong thing. But like Pete was mentioning earlier, he keeps saying out loud, I'm Captain America. I did this. I did the right thing. I do the right things because I am Captain America. And mm -hmm. to the point that he gets into the scene with Battlestar's parents, like you're saying, he's come off. This is after the hearing, right? 
Yeah, I think so. It's after the hearing. He's already yelled at the senators about that. He comes to tell the parents and he lies until he starts to believe it as his truth that he did the right thing. He got the right guy. He but has the right also, because he's always in the right. And that was also kind of Lamar's mantra to him. Yeah. It's like you're always you deserve this because you're the guy who makes the right choices when, you know, things are crazy. So, like, he, it's it, the, all of this is kind of reinstating this kind of thing for him. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I kind of took away from that. I mean, that ties into that mid credit scene where he's making the shield. Clearly, he's making himself. Did you think it was weird, though, when he was staring at that poster of himself? I, um, I, thought, I thought he was going to turn to camera and be like, Cap is back! <laughs> Gosh, that would have been, been great. great. Yeah. Sing a little song? Yeah, a musical like skip down the street? I mean, just to prognosticate a little bit, I think what he's going to do is he's going to come out and his character going forward in the MCU is, I'm Captain America, I'm Captain America, and Julie Louis-Dreyfus is going to be like, you're a U.S. agent, shut up. You know, but he's clearly unhinged now. The super solar serum has not reacted well with him and he has lost control of his own narrative. I actually I think she's going to Val is first going to be like, oh, you're like a close talker. Get away from me. And then say that. (laughs) This bit really is starting to show some shrinkage, I would say. Oh, come on. Yeah. A couple of other things before we start to wrap up here. We mentioned this earlier, but I really liked Actually, Zemo going to the Sokovia Memorial just from an MCU perspective, I thought yeah. he's he's right. <laughs> they should be visiting Sokovia more often yeah. and helping them repair yeah. it. Um, so that was very nice. Uh, also, like it's just crazy how woke Zemo is, man. It just keeps getting reiterated. It's crazy. You yeah. love him. He's the hero to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he is, but it's he's got some points. <laughs> You've been brainwashed, man. You just love everything. We touched on this earlier, but Batrock is back and helping out the Flag Smashers and particularly gunning for Falcon at the end of the episode. And it looks like Sharon got him out of prison based on that conversation and is paying him. What's going on there? Is she the power broker like people have been suspecting, like we've been suspecting? Yeah, it sort of feels that way. Um and also, is, is, is Batrock's working for her and is, like, maybe going to flip on Carly and her squad? Oh, maybe. Uh, I, I don't well, know. Why else if, would she do that? I don't know. <laughs> you know <laughs> they definitely have a lot of explaining to do when it comes to her in the last episode in particular. Go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, I don't really know what a power broker is, but she is brokering a lot of deals with powerful people uh, where there's going to be some real ramifications. So I feel like maybe she is. I think you know almost exactly what a power broker is. <laughs> you just said they're brokering deals between powerful people. Mm. I nailed it, dude. Uh, well, you know, I took a stab at it, you know. Um, context, baby. Uh, I really liked um, so the Bucky. We talked a little bit about this. The Bucky and Sam stuff that sort of like was bringing this episode to its uh, last couple scenes. Bucky apologizing, talks about how he was questioning oh, everything. Man, and the line, beautiful. the line that Sam has for him, you weren't amending, you were avenging, which I thought was cool. And it's like, now Bucky has to go deal with this shit. Yeah, yeah, like the kind of pep talk that they give each other before they, uh, you know, slowly walk away from each other uh, was... Very cool, very touching. I thought it was just the right amount of broy. Uh, just, uh, but I really want to talk about the fun two montages. I mean, not only do you get a training montage, which everybody loves, but then you get a 
boat montage? I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, I, could, just... I could take or leave the boat montage, but this training montage was fucking awesome. I want <laughs> I want a spin-off series that's just shield training montages. Not always yeah. Sam, other characters can pop in and give it a spin literally. Yeah. That was so well done, I thought. And like I I played Ultimate Frisbee when I was in college. Oh, like, really? I, I know Flex how hard it is. I know how hard it is to catch something like that. <laughs> And it can really hurt your hands. Oh, you can, there yeah. is this was my one quab, and I know they were never going to do this, but him catching that there is no way Sam's fingers did not get sliced off when he was trying to catch that shield. It doesn't have a sharp edge, Alex. It's, it's a sharp edge. enough to decapitate a man that was increasingly banged onto his. Yeah, head. exactly. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. fair. I don't know how the shield works. I don't get it. I've read comics my entire life, and I'm still like, I don't know. Nobody how it well, back Spider-Man <laughs> doesn't know. It's great that they did that montage. We got to see it in action because it is very strange that Captain America is like, oh, how do I use this shield? I don't block bullets with it, really. I throw it and bounce it off nine things, do backflips until it comes back to me, and then I catch it. And it's like, wait, what? That, that's your idea of how to use this thing? <laughs> to block stuff. Wait, that, uh, did you I'm... or did you not play Ultimate Frisbee? Because that's how I played Ultimate Frisbee. Sure. That sure. is 100% Stanley in the office being like, we have to get this issue out. What does he do? I don't know. Throws the shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it comes back to him. Does he have more shields or does it bounce yeah. around and come back? Mr. Lee, that uh, that's not how it works. Doesn't matter. I already printed the pages. <laughs> I'm selling plastic shields but on the was, corner of Bryant Park. <laughs> I like this idea of instead of like, you know, a father and son playing catch. It was these two guys playing catch with the shield and, uh, you know, kind of talked it out with their feelings and stuff. Who's I the father and who's the son, Pete? Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I think in different times in their life, they would be different things to each other. But it felt like uh, <laughs> Sam was getting some fatherly advice from Bucky. And then he uh, was uh, Bucky was also getting some fatherly advice. So I would have flipped both- it. I feel like Sam had the dad. Mm. Uh, one other thing that I thought was really fun. I loved the line when Bucky comes in and fixes the pipe and Sam oh, asks him, yeah. why did you use your use metal arm? Metal and he says, arm. oh, because I'm right handed. Right I don't immediately Very think funny. of it. That Very funny. Stuck. Honestly, like one of the best jokes of the series so far, just yes. because it was so understated. It was really well played. Understated, and they put some time into it. Like the pipe, I was like, what is this pipe bursting thing? I was like, what are we doing here? And it was just for that joke, and I worked it. great. Yeah, good stuff. All right, before we wrap up here, let's talk about what is on our vision board for the final episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Pete, what's on your vision board? All right, well, we've got a boat montage, right? So maybe we're going to get a truck montage. I don't know, maybe a plane montage. There's so many montage possibilities. Maybe putting on an outfit montage. I Mm -hmm. want the last episode to be mostly montages. Uh, and then some uh, very emotional stuff. Uh, mostly montages. The thing I'm looking forward to, we've talked about this a lot, how this series has done a great job of really blurring the lines between like uh, what's right, what's wrong, who's right, who's wrong. And I'm very curious, when you're coming to an ending of something, you sort of have to choose, uh, at least to some degree, like who wins and who loses. Where does the story end? Or where does this chapter end anyway? And so I'm curious how they're going to handle finding, putting all the characters in a position to really resolve this and and what we take away from, like, 
like this series just on these other big ideas that are on the table. Yeah, I think that's a good one in terms of nailing the themes, because that's the thing that's been kind of wobbly throughout. So as long as they can settle on something, I think it'll retroactively justify a lot of the other stuff. For me, this is an easy one that we're definitely going to see. But Sam in the new cap costume, it's very cool in the comics. I'm excited to see how it is on screen. I'm excited to see it. I think it's what we've been waiting for. I'm glad it does, I was worried it was going to be like the last shot of the last episode, but it seems like we're going to get a full episode of it. I like that as a cliffhanger. It's exciting. I think it'll be fun. I I, I really also want to see uh, Bucky make amends. I really hope we get to see that. We saw the setup. I really want. Yeah, to pay I hope he that. kills that guy. Oh my god! <laughs> this is what? What making amends. You are like, the worst, got it. man. Now you're with your son. Yeah. You're the. Oh my god! You are um, the worst. Amenders assemble is what I hope he says. <laughs> oh, oh my god. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more speculation after the next episode. There's going to be Ed credit seeds galore, things to talk about, whether it's Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever is coming out of this. It's going to be very exciting. So please, all of you, head back here next week for more talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. In the meantime, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, don't lose all your marvels. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how many times I did it, I never got the frisbee to come back. Uh You know?